air from the state of Florida, where our 45th president temporarily resides until his triumphant return to that big house in Pennsylvania Avenue in 2024. Once again, it's time for the Flagler Trump Club's Future of Flagler podcast. Here are the patriots who will keep Flagler County red while making America great again. Your host, Trump Club President Mike McElroy, along with Trump Club Vice President and Palm Coast City Councilman Ed Danko. Welcome, everyone, to the Flagler Trump Club's Future Flagler video podcast. I'm Ed, my co-host, Mike. Mike, what's up? What's new in the world? Uh, well, a uh, couple of flash announcements. Uh, number one, as you know, Ed, the uh, uh, Monday the 18th, we voted to join the Florida Republican Assembly as the Florida Trump Republican Assembly. So that's a change. We were just, you know, the Flagler Trump Club, and we weren't affiliated with any uh, organization. We are now affiliated with the Flagler Republican, I mean, the Florida Republican Assembly and the National Assemblies, which were near and dear to the heart of Ronald Reagan. Uh, mm -hmm. They are the conservative conscience of the Republican Party, and we are now uh, a part of that family. Yeah, and that was an overwhelming vote by our membership, and it opens up a lot of doors for us now as a Trump Club. It brings us back to the opportunity of being part of a PAC. And, and having a little of an influence, um, not yes, just with we'll our be, voices, we'll be, but with our dollars. We'll be part of a, a much broader organization, so, uh, and that's a good thing. Um, some other stuff, uh, we, we made some endorsements. We did. We're very limited endorsements. As I explained at the meeting, uh, we only endorse candidates that actively sought our endorsement. And support our and club. And support our club, correct. Yeah. So we didn't just make yeah. willy-nilly endorsements. The only endorsements we made that weren't sought were Governor DeSantis and uh, Ashley Moody. Uh, they're really not running in the primaries, but but we wanted to get that out of the way so we would be able to support them in November. In the primaries, we wanted to support who we believed were conservative candidates, and we did. For County Commission, who he's been a longtime supporter of ours. A big supporter of ours. Joe Mullins. Mm -hmm. For uh, school board, Joe Wilbright, and uh, for City Council, Alan Lowe. And we also and endorsed. we endorsed separately, and of course he's not in our district, but he's endorsed by the Florida Republican Assembly, uh, is Scotty Moore, mm -hmm. who's running in the ninth. And Scotty is a conservative who we believe will win that primary. He is an America First conservative. He's going to, he's going to, going to win it hands down in the primary. We just got a big endorsement last week from Senator Ted Cruz, and we're expecting some more big endorsements coming down the pike. So folks, if you're out there and you want to support a candidate that can help us take back Congress, flip one of those five seats. Well, one of them's right there in the ninth district. Go to scottymoreforcongress.com and click on that donation button. That's Scotty with a Y and uh, Scotty Moore for Congress.com. Uh, this is a guy, Mike and I have got to know Scotty extremely well. This, this is the real deal. And to be clear, that seat is, is currently held by uh, Darren DeSoto, who mm -hmm. is a Democrat and a 100% supporter of Nancy Pelosi. Votes 100% Nancy, 100% every time. And it's part of the reason this country's in trouble. We gotta change that. So what else is new? Uh, well, uh, I see President Trump return to Washington, mm -hmm. and the Capitol didn't melt. 
No, it didn't. Uh, they, uh, he contrasted at, uh, at the America First Summit his administration and his policies versus the current situation. And obviously, when you look at it, when Trump first came into office, you had uh, a problem at the border, a massive problem at the border. He took control of that. It was under control. And then, of course, when Joe came in, he signed some orders that reversed that. So now not only are people pouring over the border, fentanyl pouring over the border. That's a big problem. Uh, he contrasted the price of gasoline and energy, uh, which, again, when Joe came into office, he signed a bunch of those executive orders that ceased the pipeline, ceased other things. Uh, Democrats are hostile to, uh, you know, uh, fossil fuel. Uh, how they are, I don't know, because you can't produce any of the other things they like like electric cars or run those electric cars without fossil fuel. But that's the policy. I'll take $2 a gallon gasoline and a few mean tweets yes. any day of the week. And the other headline today is Joe Manchin caved in. He said, so he's been the holdout for the Democrats uh, on the Build Back Better $4 trillion spending, uh, which is now only almost a trillion under Joe's New Deal, uh, which is supposedly going to not build back better, but green energy. So we'll see more hostility to fossil fuel. We'll see in the long run higher gas prices. And by the way, since Joe became president from 2020 to now, you'll be close to $7 trillion in spending, way over a massive amount. Do you see any correlation with 9% inflation, yeah. if you even accept that yeah. inflation is 9%. You know, nothing's been built, nothing is back, and nothing is better. It's just that simple. Um, but hopefully that will be changing coming in November. Hopefully we will start to make that change and put this country back on the right track. I see you got a newspaper there. Yeah, but, you know, I have to say this. Uh, for those of you that follow us, Ed loves to be in the newspaper. And uh, he's not. Who are, the, who are those He's people? not there. Let me see that. Who are these people on the front cover? I'm not in the newspaper. Not worth it. But speaking of the newspaper, I used to be in the newspaper a lot when our next guest here, Brian McMillan, the uh, former editor of The Observer, was running The Observer. Brian, you had me in the newspaper every other day. It was wonderful. But now, I'm not in there anymore. We need to go back to The Observer, Brian. Well, thank you for uh, having me on here, even though I've never pledged allegiance to Trump, but I uh, appreciate the chance to talk a little bit about politics and journalism. Mm -hmm. So you, you have left The Observer. I have. And you've taken on a new job, totally different from what you were doing. Tell us about your new endeavor. So in one thing that I did you know, in The Observer was manage the reporters and all their assignments and when they were due and what page all the stories were going to go on and things like that and we you know made a spreadsheet and calculated hours and deadlines and things like that <clears throat> to manage the resources so I have a friend who has a construction company called Countrywide Steel and he you know knew about some of my background there and I you know we talked about if I could come on and work for him and um, that's what I'm doing now I'm kind of developing spreadsheets to help his process and his sales guy and try to, you know, make that system, his own processes run more efficiently and things like that. So it's totally different from, you know, the journalism world, but as far as the managing of the resources, it's, you know, there's a lot of transferable kind of skills there. So 
you won't be reporting the news anymore, but nope. you could find yourself in a situation someday where maybe you become the news and you get asked those tough questions. Maybe so. That's going to be pretty pretty different. Yes, it is. Uh, <clears throat> to be on the other side. And I know, having been a journalist, and now yeah. I'm on the other side where I'd have to put up with questions from folks like you, and um, although you're not bad, but there are certain people in this town that I won't even answer questions for anymore. But, uh, but this will be a big change in your life. Because yeah. you've been, how long were you with The Observer? We started it in 2010, so I was there from day one. Um, I moved here in January, and we started the first week of February wow. to publish the newspaper, and it's been every week since then. So it's, um, yeah, it's definitely a big change. I mean, that was the longest job I've ever had, 12 years, and uh, got into a routine definitely and speak to did you do journalism in. before the the observer yeah so i went to um i went to college and got an english degree at brigham young university mm -hmm. and um when i was there i met a, a sports writer and at the like local newspaper and so um through that connection i got into i actually got to do some reporting on um men's basketball games at byu um, for the associated press bureau in salt lake city and so that kind of helped me to, uh, you know, get 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 a job with uh, East County Observer. I just sent out resumes blind all over mm -hmm. the country, and um, we've all done it. Yep, got a got got a favorable response there, and moved my family. You know, I was married with one kid, a baby at the time, and we moved uh, across the country to Florida. After a couple of years, I decided I wanted to try to get more education, so I got a Master's of Fine Arts in Creative Nonfiction Writing at Northern Michigan University. So I went from sweltering Florida heat to uh, 200 inches of snow a year at upper in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. And while I was there, um, after I was done, I was thinking maybe I would try to teach in college. Um, I taught some classes. Um, and then I got a call from the same observer company. This was Matt Walsh, the CEO. He said they were starting a new newspaper. His brother, John Walsh, lives in Palm Coast. So do I want to go and be the managing editor there? And I said, yes, and we moved there. At, at, by that time, my family had grown. We had three kids, and um, now I have five kids, and we all, uh, you know, we love it in Palm Coast. So. I had a hard enough time raising two. <laughs> uh, but um, so the in your 10-year career uh, in here, uh, what are some of the highlights, uh, you know, of stories that you've covered? Yeah, well, <clears throat> one that comes to mind is um, uh, I a few, about five years ago or so there were we started getting some emails and calls um, that there was this homeless woman who lived on Pine Lakes Parkway. She was just always sitting at this bench, and um, uh, I. You know, I was kind of, I'm kind of curious about the issue of homelessness. I did my master's thesis on it, you know. And so I just went and started talking to her one day. And she said a lot of, you know, she, you know, she, she had some mental health issues and maybe some delusions, but um, she kept saying that she was, uh, you know, she'd been like kicked out of her house and that uh, it sounded sort of like a conspiracy almost. Um, but I thought, you know, is there some way that I can that I can help her? And so I started looking into, I was trying to, I basically set out to decide how did she become homeless? 
and um, talk, found, tracked down some family members, um, went to the city, got some, there was a lot of, um, there were some sheriff's office incident reports and wrote kind of a long story about how, um, what, what, her, what her background was. And I, I thought it was really fascinating to kind of, uh, you know, you see, you see a homeless person on the side of the road, um, how do they get there? What's their, what's their real story of their life? And I was able to kind of actually go through and tell that story. And I'm actually still friends with her on Facebook. She lives in New York City now. She seems to be doing a whole lot better. And I keep, you know, I want to kind of reach out to her and maybe do some kind of follow-up story. But, you know, I don't know how that would work since I'm not at the Observer anymore. But um, well, you could it, still it was, be a contributing. Yeah, and I, I, I've, I've been kind of in talks with that. You know, maybe there will be some a chance to, to do that. Um, I also, you know, I've written a lot of stories about like my family and family life, and that's something I'm really passionate about is supporting families in, in the area. I think that the community is really only going to be as strong as the strength of the families within it. And so, you know, trying to write things that might inspire people to be better parents or find a little humor, you know, the lighter side of um, family life, I think it's been something I've always enjoyed. So those are some some highlights that I would say. Um, I mean, what what are your highlights of my stories through my career? You know, well, I what, just, what were your favorites? Well, he, well my favorite, favorite is me. Yeah, uh, I loves to be, you know, on television <laughs> in the news. You could you could write anything bad about me, Brian. As long as you used a good picture and you spelled my name right, I'm happy. Well, you also even if it was a good picture, you didn't really like the one column versions. You no, wanted, you wanted. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He likes, yeah, yeah. yeah, he yeah, yeah. No, no, no. front page. Actually. He likes yeah. above the fold. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, you know. Well, uh, you know. Now that you've you've sort of opened the door, one you you did a story, and I'll take an example because uh, conservatives are often vilified in the media, and I say the media in general. I'm not focusing on the Palm Coast Observer, because I don't think that they're as tilted as some media. But if you want to look at the New York Times or anything else, they've abandoned any kind of uh, uh, pretense of objectivity in journalism. So uh, I don't agree with you, but go ahead. Well, I, 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 it's, it's left, left of center, everything they do. Uh, and I will take an example of, of recently, not your uh, uh, newspaper, but a Someone that we refer to as a blogger, a blogger, uh, oh, yes. uh, wrote a story. And before uh, we get to that story, let's take a break and a word from our sponsors, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about that cliffhanger. Tired of sitting at home restless? Need to exercise? Playing golf is one of the best ways to stay fit, and golf courses are one of the safest places to be. The gorgeous 18-hole Gary Player-designed Cypress Knoll Golf Course is open to the public. Enjoy your game in the heart of Palm Coast, surrounded by nine glimmering lakes and plenty of wildlife. Your safe and healthy choice is Cypress Knoll Golf, voted the most beautiful course in Flagler County. Call to book your tee time, 437-5807. That's 437-5807. Hi, I'm Oliver North to encourage you to elect Alan Lowe to the Palm Coast City Council. Alan's a 39-year resident, a U.S. patent holder, and a successful businessman. He's an innovator who pursues unique solutions to tough problems. I know he'll work hard to ensure Palm Coast has a diverse business environment and supports good-paying jobs. 
He's a fiscal conservative who supports tax cuts and won't allow wasteful spending. He'll never seek to defund the sheriff's office and work closely with my friend Rick Staley to ensure Palm Coast continues to be a safe community. Now more than ever, America and Palm Coast need strong conservative leaders like Alan Lowe. If I lived in Palm Coast, I'd vote to put Alan Lowe on the city council. I sure hope you will. Okay, we're back. Mike, so, uh, so the up. story was initiated that, that uh, Joe Mullins had, had indicated while speaking to a, a police group uh, that uh, the group supported him. The person writing the story then went on to take the leap that his use of the word support translated into formal endorsement, an endorsement from organizations which involves a process. Uh, and I guess if you want to play with words, support, endorsement, uh, but endorsement generally involves a formal process whereby, and, and most of those endorsements are not from the local groups, they come from the larger parent organizations that they're affiliated with. So uh, the story kind of indicated, the way I read it, uh, that it was he was claiming an endorsement when in fact he didn't say that, uh, and that you could have conceivably the support of people within the local group without having the formal endorsement. Your story didn't run that way, but your take on it. Well, I think that, um, first of all, I think that the residents, the, the voters, are very suspicious anytime they have any indication that a elected official would use that influence to get out of something that the average Joe like me wouldn't be able to get out of. So I think that that's why there's a lot of controversy surrounding this. Um, whether, whether Joe Mullins intended to say I was officially endorsed or whether he just felt like, um, you know, the, the police are kind of on my side or I, I'm, I'm connected with law enforcement or something. Um, as a voter, like I do think that he probably was trying to get out of the consequences of his actions and that it was because of his elected position that he thought he could. So I think that that's, if that's the case, if that's really what happened, and it, it, you know, I think that was a big error in judgment. I don't think he should have done that. And I think that, um, uh, I think people are, are right to be, you know, kind of uh, critical of, of him doing that, especially since he did it again, um, not that long after, not that long before. I don't know which, which, which one you're talking about, but. Well, I'm talking about the, you know, the, the implication that yeah. he claimed support from the FOP. I, by the way, am a member of that so line. Am I. So am he I. has uh, been there many times and has, yeah. uh, does he have the support of a lot of the people there? Probably, if people have the support, but that's the not FIP. that's not an official endorsement. No, but that's not what he really claimed. He used but the why word support. He, why would he bring that up? I mean, if if you have the support of the police somehow, does that mean that if you speed, that you shouldn't get? Well, now we're conflating. First of all, yeah. I think we can all agree that uh, I would be hesitant to get in a car with Joe. Uh, <laughs> having <laughs> if he's driving, yeah. Having a, uh, uh, using, uh, you know, your title to try to get out of a ticket. I've been a policeman for 40 years. It isn't unique to public officials. Yeah. Uh, when people get stopped, 
to either A, uh, try to get out of the ticket, talk their way out of the ticket, or B, when they think that they can't get out of the ticket, they may become somewhat argumentative, yeah. i.e. belligerent, however you want to put it. Totally. Uh, that's, not, that's not unique to public officials. So, uh, but, don't we but want that the wasn't public really officials to kind of just if I got if I got stopped and I was speeding, I'm gonna tell I'm the cop. I'm, I'm sorry, officer. Cop, you're right. I, I know speeding. Brian Millen, <laughs> and he runs the city of Palm Coast with a newspaper. And Brian said he paid the ticket. Former, former. Yes, but, but former. many people who get stopped, and I, and I agree with you, Brian. That, you know, I don't want to give the impression that people don't do that because they do. But many people don't do that. Many people want to argue about the ticket. Many people want to argue that I wasn't speeding, or if they were speeding, they had a reason to be speeding, uh, and and that they should receive leniency. I've tried crying, but if but it doesn't work as a guy, you know, maybe as a girl. Official, I don't know. If you're the county chairman, I think that in that position, I think that we would hope that that person would would take the high road of any situation like that. Well, I, I did it. I was wrong. I'm sorry. I'll pay my fine. We know that he has money to do it. You know, he's been clear about that. So why why, why try to get out of it? You know, what's what? Well, what's, I, I, what is I, think, I think we're dealing with human nature, and 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 I, you know, uh, sin is inherent in all of us, yeah. and uh, you know, we probably have all done things we we probably rather wish we hadn't done, said things, did things. Uh, so, so Brian, so, what are some of those things you wish you had? <laughs> Let's see. What are some things I wish I had nah, done? Just kidding. So many. Just kidding. So many. Get in a car but with Joe. Get in a car with Joe. <laughs> so you, 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 you've been hosting the uh, debates yep. with the Observer and the radio station. Um, give us your take on uh, what you've heard, the candidates. Uh, yeah. Any gut feelings about how it's going and um, how did you think each one performed? And have you learned to never let Janet McDonald have a microphone again? Because you're never going to get it back, just so you know. Yes. Well, the first the first forum, first of all, this is the first time we've done it. So has it gone perfectly smoothly? No. And I think that there are different ways. That, I think David Ayers had certain goals that were a little different from what my goals were. I mean, when, we, when I first um, tried to push to have these in the beginning, it was partly so we could use that material to become like our election guide in the paper. Mm -hmm. um, and we've always done like speed campaigning and like the bars look back and forth, the green and red, do you agree with or disagree? And I thought, let's try something a little different. So I really wanted to get into more issues in the debates or in the forums. Um, and David's idea, David Ayer's idea is more like, let's just see what the people are really like, you know, make it more like a conversation, sort of like what we're having now or like the show Free For All Friday, which is, where God's kind of branding from. Um, so how tightly we stick to the to the questions, you know, that has somewhat stressed me out a little bit. Like I wish we could get into more of them. The other thing is he has, he has um, time constraints. You know, he can't just let a show go on for hours and hours, you know, and, and there's, a, there's a big difference whether you're gonna go with a 60 minute block or go into 70 then it just cuts into a half you know part of another show you cut into mark levin I yeah, think and the they, last don't like, time. they don't People like they don't like that no and then if you go a whole half hour then you know there's just there are complications yeah. with with the time frame um so uh you know i can respect some of the some of that but as far as like how they went and and how candidates did um and know, did anyone impress you 
Anyone yeah. stand out? I have to say, um, you know, I know that uh, I, I I have met Alan Lowe many times. I've talked to him, interviewed him, and um, I respect the fact that he will come up with an out of the box solution to to you know ish, you know if there's something brought up at the city council. I think he would be the most likely to kind of he's an inventor, you know, and I think that he's drawn to the kind of um, sort of extraordinary solutions to things. I think that can be useful, but when I heard Teresa Pontieri's, um, you know, uh, her own explanation of her background and things like that, I was impressed by one thing that she said in particular that, you know, with her like legal background, um, those packets that they get at the city council, it's pretty intense. There's a lot of material. There is. Um, and you know, understanding sort of the the legal background to some of it, I think that her background and her you know her uh, training to analyze those kind of documents would be really worthwhile on the city council. And so, I didn't really know her before, but I was impressed by that by that part about what she said. So, anyone else stand out? Um, I like Sims Jones's you know passion for the community. Um, I didn't really resonate with a lot of his answers as much. Um, but I do respect him a lot, especially for running, you know, he's run multiple times and I think that he has a really big heart. So I, you know, that's, that was the city council. I have not met Shauna Cantor, who's also running. I don't know anything about her really. She wasn't able to attend the, the forum. So that was the city council race. Um, county commissioner. In the county commission race, um, yeah, the, the Calderwood, Hanson, McDonald, um, that was kind of a... As far as I was concerned, trying to moderate, it was kind of a disaster, you know. Um, you, had, you need a buzzer for the next We are, we are going to have You're going to get a buzzer. That's great. It's not going to be a buzzer buzzer, yeah, but we're going to have Toby Tobin is going to hold oh, the yellow sign. He, he's uh, done forms in the past. Toby did it when I was running for yes, school. Yes, right. Yeah. So he, he, he's, got a, he's got a yellow sign and a red sign. And at 45 seconds, he's holding up the yellow. So what are you going to give people? Two minutes? 60 seconds for everything. And we'll have multiple, you know, repeat questions and things like that. I, I think one of the things that, that I think you need, though, is there's no back and forth between the candidates, really. Yeah. There was a tiny little bit between Greg Hansen and, what, Denise, yeah. I think. But I think a, a little, you know, like somebody says something, you know, you might want to turn to another candidate if they were referenced. Yeah. And, you know, all right, you mentioned what you were doing. What do you think of that? Get a little back and forth going mm -hmm. might be fun. But the timing thing is, is a big deal. Yeah, the timing is a big issue. I mean, I think that Janet McDonald used it to her, you know. To she, run for she, school board. I, I thought she was running for school board again. I yeah, mean. she took full advantage of the lack of timer. Yes. And um, she acted kind of surprised when we were well, saying I, speed up. You know, Janet's a friend of mine and really... Janet speaks like that all the time. Yeah. She's in Kiwanis with me. So I don't know that that was a political calculation so much as Janet's personality. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Sometimes it's hard to tell. Yeah. So you've got another but, debate coming up. Yeah. The school board is tonight. There's seven candidates. Um, we're speaking when we're recording. I'm not sure when this is going to go live. This will go out. This will be live uh, Friday. Okay, so in the we morning, had it last so night. You had it last night. Theory. So how did that debate go? <laughs> it went great. It was but the best people, one yet. people could, they can go watch the debate again, right? There's there a, isn't a, a video. There's we, not? We talked about doing a video, but there, it is podcast on the Flagler. Flagler Broadcasting has, has, has it podcasted. And they can read the transcript in the yeah. Observer. And it's pretty in-depth transcript. You know, Jonathan Simmons did a, has done a good job of, you know, turning a, a lot of material into a couple of big pages. So you can go... Look at the e-edition um, 
and see those at the last couple editions too. So will you still be doing Free For All Friday on a regular basis? Yeah. We t um, there was a lot of debate about, well, not a lot of debate. There was question about whether I would do that, you know, since I'm not with the Observer, and it's always been kind of a WNZF Observer partnership. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, we're, I'm, David Ayers asked me if I would keep doing it, and I thought about it some more and thought that I would like to keep doing it. I think it's a good way to kind of stay connected to the community, which I love, and um, you know, hopefully provide a little bit of um, help to that show. Um, and, you know, David thought that I did add something to the show, so I, So the I media bug is not out of your system. No, it's not yeah. really. I mean, I, I yeah. still, I, I, I do like to read up on the news. I'm, you know, I'll read the Observer, and um, I need to sign up for the Flagler Live alerts again. I was before. I, I the did Flagler before. Fake News the Flagler Live. Live. Alerts? Flagler Live Alerts. Okay. Um, um, be I, cautious about we that. We have differing, Pierre Tristam and I have differing opinions about how to go about it, but I think that he does provide something very valuable in the community, so. Um, I'm not sure what that is, but okay. Uh, now that you're no longer a journalist, yeah. any thoughts about running for office yourself? You know, I would love to be on an, a board. I think the idea of being on a city council or on a county commission, I think it would be so engaging. I think the the debate and just kind of knowing that you're doing something for the community, trying to help make decisions like that, I would love that. I would not want to run a campaign though, so it's kind of hard to have one without the other. Yeah, you got to have a campaign in order to win. You sort of have to have a passion to win. I really, know? yeah. But maybe I mean, maybe we can find a place an appointment to you to one of our many boards. I mean, would maybe, we appoint people I, all the time? I, I, I would. I would think about something like that. I mean, I um, if there was like a this 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 seat is open for two years or something like that, and they'd have to appoint someone. Uh -huh. I could see myself applying for that. I don't know someday in the future if that would right. be the case. But, well, uh, listen, I want to I wanna thank you for being our guest today. Thank you. Folks, I uh, just want to remind you, visit us at flaglerfortrump.com. That's our website, flaglerfortrump.com. It's on your screen right now. Our meetings are every third Monday at the Palm Coast VFW. We start promptly at 6.30, so show up a few minutes early to get a seat because we normally fill up. And until next time, I think that's about it. Right, Mike? See you there. Take yeah. care. The Future of Flagler is sponsored by the Flagler Trump Club. Our meetings are every third Monday starting at 6.30 p.m. at the Palm Coast VFW. Visit our website, flaglerfortrump.com. That's flagler, the number four, trump.com to learn more. Let's make America great again.